Monday. Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. Yeah. Hey, so over the weekend, the XFL relaunched to uh, quite a bit of fanfare. Very, uh, very nice reception online for it, on Twitter especially. What did you think? Didn't you think it was great? It's a good-looking product. All those, There's a lot of players out there just because they can't be one of the 1,500 that are in the NFL. I thought, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought uh, P.J. Walker, he's dynamite. He's a star. I think that I'm a Houston Knicks fan now. You're going for the, the, the I'm a Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. yeah. The, who, well, who's I feel your like team? The, clo- the closest team to us is, is Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Vipers? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking the Vipers. I know, it's hard. Know what I know what I do like though? I like that they can use it as sort of an idea incubator and um yeah. They do. The, the the USFL though, man. Do you remember the USFL? That I don't. Was that was good. That was a little before my time, but I know like they had like John Elway and stuff. But it was yeah. in the early eighties, right? Kelly. They had like like Herschel Walker. Like I was like, this is gonna be the third branch, and it started to happen. Yeah. And then something happened. Now, I'm not saying this, but there's a documentary on ESPN that says this, that says that Donald Trump is the one who ruined the USFL. Have you seen that one, the 30 for 30 on the USFL? No. Yeah, they heavily implied that he was the one who screwed it up. But I'm not saying he did. I thought he just wanted to buy the Patriots and couldn't. Speaking of have, so, yeah. did, speaking of things that got screwed up, did you play Mono- McDonald's Monopoly when you were uh, yeah. years ago? It hasn't yeah. been around in a while, it right? It was really fun back in the day. Back in the day, did you yeah. ever win? Back back in the day, where the the parents took took you to McDonald's all the time, and you didn't they but, didn't think anything of it. Did you win anything yeah, more I, than a French fry? No, I kind of just won French yeah. fries. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why. There's a documentary, right? Oh. on HBO called McMillions. It's a docu series. I think the first episode is out now. I watched it, and it's almost like the. Every great documentary is almost not even the story. It's the, the characters, the people involved. And in this one, it almost seems like a David Guest mockumentary, like the FBI agent who went undercover is hilarious. But it turns out like this marketing firm, they were gaming the system. The security guy, the head of security for this marketing firm was yeah. was uh, giving people he knew the winning tickets and then they would split the, the profits. I think, I don't know, the first episode ends where they identify who was actually doing the caper. But the funniest part from the show is they're, they, the guy who wins, they want to set him up. So they want to record it. So they do like the publisher's clearinghouse thing where they go to his, hay, his house and they videotape him with like the big check. Right. <laughs> well, they took him to the beach with this big check because for some reason, part of this guy's story is that he had a people magazine and it fell in the beach, like the water at the beach. And then he went to the grocery store and he bought another people magazine and that somehow had a McDonald's winning. Ticket in it, I guess you in People Magazine, you could get the peel-off tickets. Wow, there's a lot of subplots. Well, he so he has the big check on the beach, though, and then some drunk guy runs by and steals the check and just starts running away with it. But it's like it's paper check. But it, wow, I guess, you know, it's the funny money was worth some, something to somebody. Oh, and by the way, wow. thank you to you guys. Our 150th episode was our most downloaded episode of all time, and by a long shot, it did really well. I appreciate everyone who uh, who listened and shared. And it was put your that great headline. Could have been, could have been. Um, and it could have been our great sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Redwood Logistics, a leading logistics platform company whose diverse solutions portfolio includes digital freight brokerage, flexible freight management, and innovative platform services that simplify the integration of disparate supply chain technology. Redwood connects its diverse roster of customers to the power of supply chain management technology and the industry's brightest minds i love it when a plan comes together for more information tell them chad redwoodlogistics.com whoa uppercut uppercut body blow all right oh look at this one 90 surprise 90 percent of drivers (laughs) seeking jobs have failed to register in the drug and alcohol clearinghouse who could have seen that one coming despite called Despite calls urging truck drivers to register in the FMCSA's drug and alcohol clearinghouse database, over 90% of these drivers applying for jobs have not done so, said Jeremy Reamer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a recruiting and compliance management company. Reamer told attendees at the Cat Sapper and Miller 2020 Trucking Owners and Leadership Roundtable. Wow. Uh, February 4th in Indianapolis, that more than 3,000 failed drug and alcohol test results have been recorded in the database in the first 30 days of operation since it went live on January 6th. And that's pretty impressive because the first week you couldn't even access it. Right. And then it's only representing apparently about 10% of the drivers. That's a lot of failures. So, yeah. I mean, if you, would that be 30,000? I don't know how many would be in there if everyone actually did it. I don't know. But he said that it's good news because now we're aware of them, these drivers, and Previously, they were going undetected. While drivers are not required to register, carriers can be put in a tough spot when they are not allowed to pressure drivers to register. But without drivers registering and providing consent, 
Carriers may not be able to meet legal requirements. Raymer noted that a carrier must do a, quote, limited query of its drivers in the database at least once a year. Mm. A limited query will only tell the driver, the carrier, that a driver has something in their file. To get the full results, a full query must be conducted, and that requires the driver's consent. That's like a dating site where, like, you can just see kind of, like, the town they're in. I don't know. Or, like, the state, <laughs> you know? like Right. This is a limited query, right? I don't know. What, what is going on? Like, why don't you just get the information up front? And I guess you have to pay. It's about each transaction it's rights, too. you know? Well, the flip side is that even though drivers are not required to register, there's the catch-22. Carriers are unable to hire one until they provide full consent for a query, which can only be accomplished by registering. So you're not required to, but if you don't, you can't get hired. circuitous. Yes. Registering is not, but it's probably maybe regulatory easier to do it that way. I don't know. Registering is not a simple task, Raymer added. But for a carrier's perspective, there is a, is, there's a big benefit in terms of compliance and having drivers register for fleets. He said here, at the very least, you are going to have to run a limited query at least once a year. The cost of not being compliant is significant. It is not more than $2,500 per incident. But if you're a thousand truck fleet, that could be $2.5 million in penalties. So yeah. go and register. What's millions among friends, though? Uh, okay, and now we have um, the the sad news about some of the things that are happening in the industry. Yeah, JP touched on that. Remember, he yeah. uh, we got some more details though. Yep, yeah. uh, Coyote cuts the Chattanooga brokerage floor and the Chicago IT staff. Yeah, on Friday, uh, Coyote Logistics, a wholly owned subsidiary of UPS, laid off all of the carrier representatives in its Chattanooga office, leaving a small group of salespeople and administrative workers. Coyote had let the office shrink by attrition over the past year, not hiring replacements for brokers who left. But yesterday, about 25 people in Chattanooga lost their jobs. 30 IT workers were also cut from Coyote's Chicago headquarters. In one sense, it's the end of an era for freight brokerage in Chattanooga. The layoffs at Coyote have come at a time in widespread reductions in headcounts across transportation and logistics industry. Um, but the former Coyote brokers in Chattanooga, they're likely to found, find jobs. Some did on Friday. They Covenant had like a luncheon for them and they already got jobs over there. I know that uh, Dave Abels at Dart reached out. Uh, the Guide One group, Trident Transport, Arrive Logistics have all provided homes yeah. to these brokers. So pretty cool. They have a really interesting story, too. There's there's other options, yeah. Uh, I I remember remember this, um, yeah. UP well in 2015, UPS acquired Coyote Logistics for 1.8 billion, and that was after the uh, Coyote had acquired Access America here yeah. in Chattanooga. Uh, uh, since then, Coyote has doubled in size with an estimated 2019 revenue of four billion. In the past two years, though, UPS's corporate management is made a series of changes to the brokerage, including reducing incentive-based compensation, removing carrier reps' visibility into their margins per load, and aggressively enforcing non-compete clauses, even against non-revenue-generating employees like carrier reps, and we talked about in last yeah. episode, in an attempt to reduce churn and control costs. Yeah, when I was at FedEx Trade Network's Tower Group, it was Tower Group before people at Tower were always afraid that too much FedEx was going to infiltrate their old culture because of things like that, where, you know, the big corporate parent comes in and then you're just a name on a spreadsheet and then you're just you're just crossed out, you know. But yeah. here's the good news. Logistics job growth is still surging. Although we've read all about these layoffs, job growth is outnumbering any attrition, especially in the warehouse and delivery space where jobs are tethered to e-commerce. Right. Courier and mess messenger payrolls grew by 14,300 last month, extending an 11-month hiring spree, according to seasonally adjusted preliminary employment figures that the uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics released on Friday and is reported by the Wall Street Journal Logistics Report. Yeah, love that report. It's a section we actually sponsor. The job growth by UPS and FedEx is being fueled by weekend delivery demand as customers are being offered accelerated service like one-day delivery that we all know about and Amazon and other online retailers yeah. have to extend delivery to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it's going up because you got to work every day. U.S. employees, employers, they added nearly a quarter million jobs in January. Yeah, not bad, not bad. We always hear these like recession fears, but hiring is still up and um, payroll is up by 3.1% too. So people are getting a nice bump in salary or at least a little bit of a bump in salary. Yeah. Uh, 3,200 of these jobs were with trucking companies, construction and education. So the highest levels of growth Well, the auto auto industry, which has been a, you know, they've a lot of trouble over there. They've declined in over 10,000 jobs. Not, not really a surprise there. Was no, a 12% decline in heavy duty truck sales didn't help out there though at all. 
No, not at all. Not at all. But still good news on that hiring front. Now we are going to call Jamin Alvarez. Jamin. I'm excited. He's a he's a he's a big supporter of Freight Waves on the LinkedIn. We're going to do uh, five good minutes with him. Five count of five. Five good minutes. Hopefully our luck is better than um than it has been. <laughs> he's a touring kind of guy. So Jamin over here, he is uh, <laughs> three ringy dingy. Yeah, he's three uh, ringy dingy. He is, what's it called? He lives in Newport Beach, California. He has three very southern tips for winning Frey. We'll get to all of that with him, hopefully, if he answers. But maybe not, maybe. So he's a sales guy, and this can happen in sales sometimes. Maybe, just maybe, he, he, uh, hello? Please leave your message. He's on California time. He's on California time. Yeah, literally. Who says California people are flaky? Oh, he's calling. I think he's on the other end. Hey, sir, how's it going? James, what's up, dude? Hello. Your sound. Maybe you're, uh, the oh, now I got to. Right oh, there. see, now I got to reconnect it. Hey, Jamin. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. what's up, man? Hey. We thought you were big time in us. How we got your, you uh, we got your voicemail. <laughs> so we we're, we're just oh, going to leave man, you a message. Yeah. How is it out just there? Just a on- real power move. <laughs> <laughs> How is it on uh, California time out there? Hey, I, I can't complain. Uh, I'm here in uh, Fontana right now at the foothills of, of the mountains, and it's pretty windy, but uh, sun as always. So I'm going to I'm gonna be that California guy and brag about the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, nice we've had 60 days of rain here. We even had <laughs> snow over the weekend. Thanks for rubbing it in, man. In Chattanooga, we get everything but sun. Oh, boy. Although, you know just what? Just in the snow, afternoon. It's still great, though. In the afternoon, it yeah. did get nice and sunny, so we, we will take that. You are, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Alvarez. You are, uh, I think you recently started as director of sales at RDS Logistics. They do some intermodal, dedicated 3PL services, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, I came over there, a longtime asset player in the uh, L.A. Basin, and I came over to both suck up all the knowledge I could about the asset side. That's new to me. I have a 3PL background, and then help them build a uh, another division uh, to take advantage of all the fun stuff that having a uh, brokerage arm can, can do. So uh, that's what I'm working on right now and having a good time learning and, and uh, building up the team and, and all that good stuff. So um, it's a, it's a fun, a fun time in, in our industry, as you guys know. Um, so I'm really just trying to go all in on uh I think how freight brokerage is, is going. It's really adapting. So I'm. Oh, that's what science says. Adapt and thrive with Jamin. Yeah. yeah. I noticed. Yeah, there you go. Right. On your uh, LinkedIn, I noticed that you, you say you're aiming to show your true personality, flaws, and talents. It's very authentic of you. And, uh, and, and heavy you, on the flaws. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you like to partner with people and not just like work for. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, I think. For the first time, and allow me, I've been doing this 14 years. I feel like the adults in the room uh, may not have the answer. I'm certainly not one of the adults in the room, nor do I profess to have the answer. But I think if the more we can all work together, uh, it was, I know you guys were talking about Coyote earlier. Uh, definitely a sad news, but a, a positive was just seeing how the, we'll call it the 3PL community came together and mobilized really quickly to to engage, uh, either offer jobs or even just encouragement. That's to me more where, where we're going a little less adversarial as three PLs and, and, uh, kind of more coming together and hive minding, uh, the problems that, that might come our way. This is, this is very much your, your winning personality over here. You have an article on your site and like you may be over in Southern California, but you have three very Southern United States tips for winning freight, and they uh, they have to do with uh, kind of being a people person. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I'm all in on the people side of the business and, and being, you know, it, it gets overused because people have made like being authentic a buzzword, but uh, I think it's actually wildly undervalued in application. Um, I, I think, you know, I wrote an article uh, how I wear Hawaiian shirts to uh, sales calls because that's just who I am. And I messed up a lot trying to to be different versions of myself or thinking that, Hey, you know, I'm a sales guy. I'm supposed to be all things to all people. And I was wrong. Um, Hmm. Be, be yourself and you'll find, uh, you'll, uh, you know, you'll find those that speak the same language as you and those that don't will, will weed themselves out and, both parties will be better for it. Hey, so, if you if you saw yeah. Jim, if you saw a guy on a beach with a giant cardboard uh, million dollar check, would you run and steal it from him? 
Oh, a hundred percent. And I would oh. try to, I'd be the guy trying to cash <laughs> try it. To cash but it? now just because I want to In the ATM or would you go in the teller? Yeah, go into the teller. I don't know the last time I've been to a bank or a post office, but I'd try it. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. You guys were talking, you guys were talking about that. And I was reminiscing about McDonald's. I don't know if I was a big time. Uh, I figured out how to game the Gatorade under the cap like challenge. Wow. Yeah, you could turn had, it right. And like get it in the light. Yeah, and you could kind of see what it said. A hundred percent. And I probably had like 45 subscriptions to sports illustrated off that. Oh man. <laughs> I still never won anything cool, but <laughs> did you ever get the sneaker phone? Sports illustrated was cool. Or the football phone. I bet you couldn't do that with the grape kind. It, Why? No, dark. no, no. You what you have to do is you don't no, look through the actual fluid. You turn it at an angle, and then you can see where like the fluid is not. You can look at the cap. Oh. It was a design flaw you know in the bottle. Saying. I do, and I used yep. to work at McDonald's, and I'll tell you, it's very hard to win because we um, I'm not saying how we came upon them, but we we opened like a case of the uh the the, the drink cups, and we didn't win anything more <laughs> than like like fries and a burger. You know, yeah. we won a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. But we had no park nice. place. You always got park place, but you couldn't get boardwalk. Boardwalk was like, unless you knew the head of security at the uh, marketing company, apparently. Yeah, I had uh, infinite amounts of Baltic Avenue. Big Baltic <laughs> Avenue. <guy>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like to be the slumlord in Monopoly. I like to get the, like, the two cheapest properties that you can first land <laughs> build on them up. and just build them up really quick. Yeah, that's a strategy. So what? Yeah, what's the strategy? Do you buy anytime you land on a property? Are you that guy that just buys them? No oh, yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you have to. Yeah. The, what other yeah. is what other yeah. commodity is there on the board that's of any value you're, other you're than gonna, property? Yeah, I mean money. It's a matter and, of time. Because then you can mortgage them and and that kind of thing. Do you play the? Do you know there's a yeah. rule in Monopoly that if you don't pay for it, it goes to an auction. Now most people that, don't play that way. That is a style you can't, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. How do they reach out and learn more, man? We got to. Uh, we have our next guest waiting yeah. outside the booth. All right. Well, hey, big fan. Take it easy, guys. Appreciate you. How do they find out more, though? Where do they go and uh, continue the conversation with you? You know, uh, LinkedIn is that's my uh, my battlefield of choice. So connect with me. I love connecting with all three PL people. Uh, and uh, yeah, look forward to to meeting anyone that comes my way. Nice. Thank well, you very nice much, to sir. Meet you we here. appreciate it. Good time. Yeah, yeah love, love know, talking to him. He says it. Uh, Friendly, uh, affable man. Being authentic is uh, a cliche or something. I haven't heard it as a cliche. No. And he well, seemed to be authentically and we, authentic. And we, we go from Jamin Alvarez to Julian Alvarez. No Julian, relation. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Good dude? Good to see you, man. Throw the cans on. Take take a, take a seat. Here you go. <laughs> Listen in. They, they're kind of, yeah, they're a little awkward at first if you never put them on. So I'll help you out here. Oh, cool. There you Thank go. You. All right, where are you joining us from today? I'm actually coming in from Seattle. From Seattle, Seattle. Wow. Seattle, is it uh, as rainy there as it is here? Yeah, it's actually kind of worse. Uh, worse. It's as rainy, but darker. Oh, you, okay, because you actually did some intel. Come what? to find out, we have, don't we have more rain here? Oh, yes, we have, a, than, we have a hell of a lot more. We have like 20 more inches. We have like 58 inches versus 38 inches in Seattle. That's crazy, man. I know, it's like Chicago gets called the Windy City, but Boston's really the windiest city. So you want to start? I'm just saying. <laughs> Founder and CEO of Logic's Board right here, though. He talk about smart kids. Here's one. He's trying to uh, use software to bring together the logistics industry. But before he did that, he went to Carnegie Mellon, where he was a tartan. And a tartan, if you don't know, what is a tartan? A tartan is uh, <laughs> basically the guys that go around kind of in the Scottish uh, theme with the big skirts and going around and playing instruments. <laughs> Isn't that called a kilt? Aren't they going to get mad that yeah. you called it a skirt? The tartan, yes, it's right. a Scottish-Irish type of thing. All right, yeah, but I'm going to yeah, quiz yeah. you really quick on Carnegie Mellon, okay? Oh, so their campus is in Pittsburgh, but yep. I... I always talk about movies on here and people get mad. But so George Romero, do you know George Romero? No. Okay, he's a zombie, big zombie film guy. He filmed one of his movies on the campus there. Okay. 1982's Creep Show. Okay. Around the Margaret Morrison Carnegie Hall. Are you familiar? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Wonder Boys with Michael Douglas, Tobey Maguire, also okay. filmed there. Uh, Lorenzo's Oil, The Mothman Prophecy, Prophecies, Dogma. The Dark Knight Rises, Flashdance, yeah. Smart People, Monkey Shines. Mellon? Mean Girls 2. I didn't even know there was one, but apparently Mean Girls 2 was even filmed there. And Rat. Apparently this guy named Rat from the movie The Core, which is uh, a sort of, not the best disaster movie, but it's the one where they have to go to the core of the earth uh. to stop the earth from, like, blowing up. It was It's a strange, but the, he went to Carnegie Mellon. Cool. Fascinating. As a scientist from Deep Impact. 
Is it a great? Is it a great campus? Yeah, Carnegie Mellon's an awesome campus. Uh, great talent, kind of computer science focused. Um, but part of this, I think, is because they have a great uh, theater program as well. So that, that that makes a ton of sense. Did you oh. do any theater? Were you uh, no? No, I was econ stat. Uh, and actually never ended up using any of it. But Yeah, uh, that's know. what college is for, right? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of like hang out and meet people and like you try were, to make it through. You were taxiing on the runway, getting ready to fly, doing the things that you do yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. You know, entrepreneurship is the way to go for me. He yeah. raised, Spike, congratulations. You raised only a few months ago $4.2 in seed funding? Yeah, $4.2 in seed funding. Uh, VCs kind of out of uh, Boston, Seattle, and California as well. Well, that's wow, great. Boston. So, Whereabouts in Boston? Maybe I know him. Uh, F Prime? Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, tell us, about, tell us about Logic's board cool. and uh, what you guys got going on with it. Yeah, look, so we are building kind of the digital platform and the digital solution for the freight forwarding space. So we basically serve freight forwarding companies, international logistics. We integrate to their freight management systems and really take care of that kind of end user workflow. So helping them provide better visibility, better analytics, better workflow solutions for their customers, which are millions of shippers globally. Yeah, you guys, you're on a mission to break down the silos, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's the uh, what's the biggest inefficiency going on in freight right now that you guys want to attack? We we often declare war on detention, right, Chad? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Freight waves is declared. There you <laughs> go. Declared. We did all this weekend on radio, too. I don't know how well it worked callers. in 2019. But... A lot of callers were getting heated yeah, about that. Sure. So, look, if you think about a freight forwarding operation, it's just a lot of people internally. These are non-asset-based companies. They have a ton of people answering the phone, answering emails of customers trying to figure out where their goods are, trying to communicate and interact with them. Because that's such a labor-intensive process, it really eats at the margins of freight forwarding companies. So that's really the biggest problem that we're trying to solve here. Just How visibility. Visibility, transparency, better analytics, but really workflow online. How can ah. you scale better with technology as opposed to having to scale with more and more people? Like taking the decision-making process out of it, maybe like like putting together the emails and the spreadsheets. Sure, it's you know it's basically helping these companies move towards a more self-serve model, where their customers are going online to do a lot of the queries, to request bookings, to interact with them in a much more efficient way, as opposed to having to do it with phone calls, emails, Excel tables, etc. Hey, we were talking before you came on air beforehand a little bit about Colombia, right? Yeah. You have a little bit of background yeah, there, definitely. and. Uh, and I said, you know, a lot of Americans, they have this impression that Colombia is just narcos, right? And yeah. you were like, that is crazy. There's not like like heads rolling all over the ground or anything and everyone just moving drugs around. Yeah. It's a much different those are much different place up in the up in the forests. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you just gotta go. You gotta go. Out, you gotta go for a hike to find those. No, what, so what's up with Colombia? Why is that a big hot? Why is that becoming a big hotbed? Yeah, look, I mean, Colombia since the '80s, '90s, early 2000s has transitioned to be a completely different country. It's a really great economy. There's really great startup talent and a lot of entrepreneurship going on. So. If you think kind of about the biggest uh, innovators in, in the Latin American space, which is booming, uh, Rappi has done incredibly well. They've raised over a billion dollars. Wait, how'd you, I like how you said that. Rappi. Say that again. Uh, Rappi. Rappi. Wow. Yeah. There's a big misconception in terms of just Colombia, what role it plays in the economy, what role it plays in general. Uh, but it's a great place to start a business. We have customers there. We have a lot of friends that have started companies there successfully. And it's actually a place where a lot of the venture of the Bay Area in terms of Latin America, is going towards Colombia. First Brazil, then Colombia, then Mexico. Wow. Um, direct so flights country. from, like, Miami? Like, easy and access? Direct flights from Miami, San Francisco, oh, LA, wow. pretty much everywhere in the world. I mean, okay. you know, the capital of, of Colombia, which is Bogota, has, what, right. 9 million people. Yeah, a lot of support um, infrastructure is going yeah. there now. The time zone's much better than, like, India, for example. Certainly. And, like, yeah. India's gotten a bit of a stigma, so you put it over in Central yeah. America. People, you can get down there, do business quicker. Yeah. Same I mean, time actually, zone. Amazon, Amazon just uh, put up a customer success operation down in Colombia. I think they're wow. hiring, like, 800 people, so... Great space. Good time. Well, so what do you, you got that $4.2 million burned a hole in your pocket, or what are you guys going to do with that seed? <laughs> yeah, look, we're, we're investing really heavily into product. We have a really kind of big product roadmap. First, visibility, analytics, uh, bookings, quoting, PO management, etc. So a lot of it is just continuing to innovate and to deliver a better product for our customers, but also customer success. We really believe that we have to be a strong digital partner for these companies. So we invest heavily into customer success 
into making these digital rollouts uh, successful and implementations for our customers. That's really where the bulk of the financing is going towards. And obviously for us internally, just kind of ramping up marketing and sales as well. So what? you've got a product currently or you... you, you yeah, a logic you, board. Yeah, so we're, we're so, actually going to market with a new product uh, next week. That's what I heard. So yeah, you, yeah. you te- tease us with it. Let us know what's up. Yeah, sure. So look, it, it, it's directly integrated to some of the freight management systems in the space. We really focus on kind of customer-facing workflows better visibility, better track and trace, and really great analytics for the end user. Uh, Those are kind of the two biggest problems that we found we had to solve on behalf of freight forwarding companies across the globe. Wow. How do people go and learn more? Uh, Look, uh, logicsport.com. That's, yeah, really the the best place to reach us. uh, Or just add me on LinkedIn. Nice. Since it's your first time on the show, you have to hit the cowbell, Ah, too. Cool. Thank you. Logic's board. Logic's Coming board. your way. Thank That's you for joining Logix us. with an X if you're interested. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks Thank for you coming guys. in. All right. Oof. Yeah, this was kind of Thanks so much, the, uh, Julian. The economic show. I've been talking to, um, before he came in here, I was talking to yeah. the, uh, the, what's it called? The founder of Emerge. Oh, really? Andrew Leto. Wow. Yeah. So you've had, are you getting schooled today? I am. You know, he recommended a great book. He recommended, so talk about Carnegie Mellon. So here's how this all ties together. Not only are they founders in logistics, but Carnegie, right? Yeah. He wrote a book called Thinking Rich or Thinking of Growing Rich. Okay. I can't remember. I have to listen back to my own episode. I know. I should remember because we only talked a couple minutes ago. But it, it's it's like the book that uh, even The Secret and Tony Robbins and all of those guys base their things on. That'll be on Freight Waves Insiders on Thursday of next week. But in the meantime, <laughs> we got promotion. Mr. Freightonomics here with us. Got the music queued up? Of course I do. I need some cowbell and Freightonomics. You need some cowbell for it? Yeah. Oh, just drop some in there in the yeah. beginning of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you on, man. Great, yeah, if you turn it on Freight Waves TV on Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, you would recognize this gentleman or Freight Waves Now. That's right. Or uh, many of the other assets you appear on. Yeah. You're getting a little harder to come by now that you're on Freight Waves Now every single day. Oh. You got your own podcast. I'm always here for you, Chad. Oh, I'm always here. Yeah. Wow. Way to butter a guy. He's accessible. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. So, Anthony, so we hear. Sometimes that you can get caught up in the doom and gloom of things, especially in headlines. If it bleeds, it leads. We hear about Coyote. They lose 25 people. Definitely sad. Definitely it's close to home. We've heard about other layoffs throughout the industry. But the economic data shows even in transportation, there's a lot. There's way more growth going on than there is attrition. Yeah. And so there's a lot of catalysts, I would say, um, that we should be looking forward to that that are signs of optimism. Um, Zach and I usually kind of go back and forth and Zach Strickland, my co-host, um, we go back and forth a lot of times. Uh, he, a lot of times a little bit more pessimistic than I am. I'm a little bit more optimistic on a few things. Yeah. So we balance each other out very nicely, but I think yeah. we're looking at a uh, business activity. Um, that was a little bit slower in the most recent GDP numbers, but, um, nine defense capital goods new orders starting to kind of make a little bit of a comeback. So that's something that's really indicative of business to business activity. And, uh, Really something to kind of be optimistic about. And construction spending. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's great. You know, and there's, there's, let me give you some of the bad news then, Mr. Yeah. Optimist. Let's hear it. There's been a black swan event and you oh. can't predict black yes. swan events, except for you can say that there will be black swan events. Yeah. But so a black swan event that's really disrupting it, you can't escape the media about it. We're afraid that it could be, uh, what is it? A pandemic? Yeah. The coronavirus. Right. Right. It's, I mean, the news every day, like yeah. shutting things down. What and and yet you're so optimistic and you're seeing yeah. is, that, is that not playing into a global economic outlook right now? I, it, I think it does. You have to factor it in, um, especially when you start to look at how big of an impact it is on the uh, China as a country. Because now we're looking at it, it. It originally happened during the Chinese New Year, and so that's a very somewhat I wouldn't say convenient timing, but interesting timing because they already kind of shut down. Right. They prepped for it. But the thing is, is like that's also a huge consumption time for for Chinese uh, residents, and so that that those uh, quarantines really kind of restrict a lot of that consumption, and that's really going to eat into I think their their GDP, and then that's also going to eat into some of the China consumption, and that's also going to I think play a huge role into uh, the global economy for sure. Now, Black Swan, the Oscars were on last night, right? That's and Black right. Swan, do you guess how many? Well, they how many? I loved that movie. How many Academy Awards did it win? Oh, this is probably a trick question. It probably didn't win many because it, it was nominated won. for one, two, three. It was nominated for five. Uh, one, three, 
It won one. Natalie Portman, uh, she won yeah! Best Actress, but it was up for Best Picture. It was up for Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing. It's uh, it's Darren Aronofsky. All his movies are a little weird. Uh, Requiem yeah. for a Dream. I took a girl on a date mm. to that once, and uh, she was like, why did you take me to wow, this movie after that? Wow, what a I'm like, it didn't last long after that. No, <laughs> no it did not. Requiem for a Dream, not a great date movie. Oh, for not, the viewers uh, out there, if you're not wondering. Not the Netflix. Maybe Black like, Swan no. wasn't either. I don't no, know. No, that is, it's it's messed up, right? It's really it? yeah. disturbing. She's like a ballerina who gets like mental issues, and but you're the not sure what's going on. point incredible. The camera's always kind of like right behind her and shaky. Well, I bring all this yeah, nonsense yeah, up because yeah. why do they call it a Black Swan event? Well, I think it comes back down to it's a there's a um, a Russian author that kind of coined the term uh, Black Swan event. I forget the name of the book. It's but uh, that's where it originates from. Well, um, we're not trying to put you on the spot. No, 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 <laughs> I gotta, no. I got I to look into that one. Though. Here's something you should know. Although I do a lot of shows, because sometimes I don't remember what I just talked about. I was trying to t- recount a story to Chad from Freightways Insiders about this book that Carnegie wrote called uh, Think, Think, Growing Rich. Or... Think and Grow Rich? Think and Grow Rich. That's it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, right, oh, there so, you go. You came through, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you are a better quizzer of, of what's in my head than, than I am. So, Andrew Leto was in here from Emerge, and he was mm-hmm. talking about how to start Global Trans, he was in the Navy. He didn't even go to college. He was in the Navy. He was a sonar tech in the Navy. He got out of the Navy. He read that book. Yeah. And then he uh, was like, wait a second. You know, nobody's better than me who makes a company and decided to start Global Trans. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. It's about the power of your own mind, Chad. Wow. Yeah. I need Unlock to tap it. into that a little you gotta bit. You got to just more. be like, look, everyone's just as dumb as I am. <laughs> they're not any smarter, at least. Yeah. It's right? Just tricking yeah. people. What was Freightonomics about, though? Freightonomics, the most about? recent episode was about, it was a trailer talk. So, talking about oh. the different trailer types. Ah, uh, refurb, that sounds exciting. And flatbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you made it exciting. We made it a blast. What do you got? What do you got coming up on it? So I, I'm thinking I might have to rotate in a few uh, hosts in there. Oh. So yeah. Oh yeah, no oh, Strickland. Yeah. Tickety Stricky. He's no in uh, Strickland. Colorado. Yeah, he's yeah. out there. He's out there in Colorado. So um, I don't think we're going to cancel it. I think we're. Gonna yeah. go, I think the show's going to move forward. Must go on. Must go on. You should bring in. You should do like a uh, great economics and bring in one of the great quarter guys like uh, Andrew Cox. I had him on radio. He is. He's, he's dynamite. Great. I like him. Andrew's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love going because he has a perspective of certain things that I don't think of. Yeah. And so like we can kind of, kind of. Really, Which is amazing because yeah. he's like 21. So in yeah. his 21 yeah. years, he's gained a lot of, he's like the boy wonder of freight. Yeah. The amazing thing is, is like he really comes up to speed on different subjects very quickly. Yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 It takes, so it's taken Chad 46 years to get up on some of them. <laughs> We're all still learning. Though. No, still I'm always there. amazed. Yeah, I started I, when I was yeah one. Sometimes learning gets harder. Sometimes learning gets harder when you get older, though, because you have sort of these these biases and these mm-hmm. preconceived notions, even if you don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's... no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times we're hardwired sometimes, and so yeah. undoing that, creating some neoteny, I think is the word, is to denial to... ain't just a river. Huh. No, yeah, no, in uh, Egypt. All right, what's what uh, what else you got? What's what's next for Anthony when you leave the booth? Uh, I, I think I might jump on a few calls. Yeah. Um, for 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 those freight fanatics okay. that are kind of watching certain KPIs in the economy, so they just call you up. Uh, sometimes I get emails asmith at freightwaves.com. Okay. Uh, yeah. So just call them up. Call me. Call have a conversation. <laughs> Hit me up. Yeah. Look them up on LinkedIn. Okay, yeah, I appreciate. Look them up on LinkedIn. Yeah. So yeah. I always love talking to the the clients and the viewers and people in the industry. Okay. If you want some optimism in the economy, you know where to find. Exactly. Well, send uh send Mike B in here. I gotta beat him oh. in market expert trivia. Bowed in distal. Yes. Yes. I don't even try it anymore. I've been practicing. I've screwed it up so many times. Bowed in distal, just like it's spelled, as he tells you. (laughs) Just like it's spelled. Oh, that's not it. Here we go. There we go. Market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Oh, yeah. Now we have another game. What is this one called? Oh. Here come our market experts to play market expert trivia. Well, we yeah, are so yeah. honored to have you in here, Ooh, Mr. Intermodal Rail Specialist. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's his buzzer. It sounds <laughs> okay. like this. This is my buzzer. It sounds like Get that. Get as close as you like to it. Okay. He reads the answers. we got to wait till he's done. Okay. Yes. So, now you got to keep your palm here. Okay. It's, it's, palms hard, are sweaty. it's hard to beat you. To, Did to you the, see? I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of palms are sweaty and mom's spaghetti, did you see Eminem at the uh, Grammys last night? No, didn't watch it. Uh, well, the grand, no, well, it's not the grand, the Oscars. So, the Grammys is, is the yeah. music, the Oscars. For today's market expert okay. trivia, we are joined by what we just said, our intermodal specialist, Mike Bowden-Distel, and our focus is on mode of transportation and keeping it 
rail. Yes. All right, number one. Question number one. Okay. Starting easy. Wait, are these are these multiple choice? Multiple choice. Okay. And, the, and they they all only right, you have go to wait to, until D. They only go to D. Yeah, you have to wait yes. until it reads the whole okay. thing. Mode of transportation MOT means A, how you ship any product. B, how you ship domestic products. C, how you ship products abroad. D, how you ship vessels, air, and rail only. Yes. What? A, how you ship any product. I, that is incorrect. No. It's how it's how you mode of transportation MOT is how you move the goods so it can be by a truck or by rail or by an airplane yes. or by a vessel. So what is it? A, B, C, or D? I don't remember what order they're in. It is in. C. Yes, thank how you. How you ship products abroad? Yes, according to our infographic. So you guys, wow, our market experts are off to a roaring start. <laughs> I just told you the answer. Yeah, no, those are different types of them, but yeah. they are those that move abroad. They're not just, they're not domestic. But, but there no, could be our infographic's wrong. There our, could be different <laughs> modes domestically. Yes, right? yes. Look, I'm Your just, infographic is wrong. <laughs> well, take it up with freight waves. I will. All right, we put that on there. Uh, number two, the busiest rail border port in the U.S. is A, Port Huron, Michigan, B, Detroit, Michigan, C, Laredo, Texas, or D, TTI Retailer. It's uh, Laredo, Texas. You guys didn't let me get to That what? is correct. All right. That is yeah. correct. It's way bigger than the rest. Um, yes. Yeah. In fact, it's... Uh, uh, put together, <clears throat> if you put Port Huron and Detroit together, you would slightly beat Laredo. Yes, gives you an. an They're in that top three, though, of its size. Right? Yeah, top three. Yeah, motor vehicles and parts is by far the top transporter rail commodity. Mike, you probably know that. What is the second largest commodity? Is it A, computers and parts, B, mineral fuels, C, plastics, or D, electrical machinery? Yes, fuel. Mineral fuels it is. That is correct. Last year, mineral fuels represented about $1.1 billion in, uh, in movement in uh, computer and parts. Dooner, we're just about 0.7. Huh? Yeah. I mean, if that's what you were... What? For, bo- <laughs> for, for a bonus, do you guys know what's the difference between a mineral fuel and a fossil fuel? One's from the dinosaurs and the other is from a rock. <laughs> that's a good try. So, so what, would be, what would be an example of a mineral fuel? Well, what's like, the basic uh, Evian water... The basic distinction is that mineral <laughs> minerals are considered renewable and fossil ah. fuels are considered not. Yeah, because it's, okay. well, you ever see Jurassic Park? Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I read it before the movie came. Yeah, out. Michael yeah. Crichton. Yeah, uh, number four. Last year, Trans Border Rail moved how much freight? A. Nineteen point mm. five billion. B. Sixteen point five billion. C. Fourteen point five billion. Or D. Twelve point five billion. Yes. A and C. If you were cheating on the clutch there a little bit. C. Fourteen point five billion is correct. Yeah. For a f- bonus follow-up, was this up or down from the previous year? Was it? It was uh, down. That is correct. Yeah. Come on, come on! You had your chance. I know. He's just yeah, well, yeah, he got no, lazy. He lost himself. It was. You want to know why it's why it was down? Sure. Okay. So it's, the, it's not a bonus bonus question. <laughs> the the intermodal was down cross border because peso was weak, which means there's uh, been you know shift from rail to, to truck. So that's been part uh-huh. of it. Also in Canada, the been less lumber going from Canada to the U.S. Yeah. 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 Because it was both. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, you ever okay. get like a Canadian quarter when you like? I don't even really use cash Never. ever anymore. But you ever no. get screwed with the Canadian quarter? Never. That happens all the time up in in Boston. I guess because more people are going through the border, but maybe it, wow. like, it doesn't happen here, I guess. Not at all. Never? No. You never get stuck with a Canadian quarter? No. Oh. Never. Never heard of such a thing. I have. Yeah. 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 Well, you haven't lived here very long. You you live closer <laughs> to the border. And it happened already? Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, B, how much trans... I mean, <laughs> B, uh, five. B! <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily ruin it. Five, okay. how much trans-border rail... Uh, how much was transporter rail down from the previous year, now that we've established that it was? A, 3.9%, B, 4.9%, C, 5.9%, or D, 7.9%. Yes. C, 5.9%. No, it was. A. No, B. neither. D, 7.9%. Oh. That's good for me. Right. Um, for a bonus follow-up, which was down more, Mexico or Canada? Yes. Mexico, because of that peso. That is incorrect. What? So it was Canada, Canada right? <laughs> there you get the answer. Yeah, right. Oh, even, it was close. Can't. It was All close. Right. I think you did. You edge him by a by a yes. by a, uh, a half an point. Answer. Yes, 
But uh, was hey, that it? That was great. Yeah. Oh, all right. That was, that was a half point victory. Hey, there we go. There we go. go. There we go. There we go. Thanks for playing. I think it was probably more close to tied, but we'll, you know. Okay. I'm still going to contest that number one. Right, Bowden Distal? we got to contest that first answer. Yeah. yeah All right, it's Emily Zink time now. Where's Emily big Zink? Deal. Here, let's get some air. Talk about here. big deal, little deals. we got to bring Emily Zink Big deal. Come on in. Where is she? Come on, Emily Zink. Don't big time. It's a big Emily deal. Zink. Is she not going to make it? We're gonna have to, we should have to have Mike Budenstitzel read this for us. Here she comes. It's Bowden Distal. Bowden Distal. Yeah. Big deal. Hey. Little deal. It's warm in here, isn't it? Oh, man, it's toasty. Just a little bit. Oh, man. Yikes. Oh. Yeah. You guys have been really basking in all the glory in here. Oh, right. (laughs) Scratch your screen. You'll be able to smell. Oh, God. No, don't do that. Man, it's this light. Yeah. It is, but it looks good. We look really good. So, so what's is it worth tr- it? I don't know if I'm going to look good. Once it's the beauty sweating. worth it. I think it is. Guys. All right. So who who goes first this time? I believe it's this gentleman. Okay, sure. So that means that you wanted to do the second and fourth and sixth. I see how you are. What? Yeah, no, nothing, no, no. I didn't even fine. name it like that. It's fine. Oh man. Well, before before I switch two of them around, so you'll okay. see why. Oh, see? I, sometimes she, you oh. think that. Sometimes you think I uh, forget them, but this time I really purposely switched them around. Okay. So. We've been talking a lot about AB5. So despite a federal judge putting a pause on AB5, oh. California owner-operators are continuing their truck-friendly relocation search. Big deal or little deal? A lot of drivers moving out of California. Moving. I think it's a big deal. It's, uh, it's they're in these, these owner-operators. They're in limbo. They are still having to sell their houses, even though they, they feel a sense of gratitude, I guess, for like the pause that's been put on it, but no one really knows they're living in a time of uncertainty. And so plans to get out of the anti-truck California space are very real. And of course, there's even the threats of like, well, actually not only may California do it, but will it be adopted nationwide? So it's Mm. a time of uncertainty. I'm going to say big deal. Hey, uncertainty is bad for business, right? We see that with all the supply chains, hearing about the trade war in China and now you have coronavirus and all these things that are making people rethink where they base their operations out of in their overseas. Well, the same thing happens in our on our shores when regulation comes in place. And with us, with AB5, it's making people scared, especially smaller owner-operators, if they're going to be able to work and operate in this environment. So even though nothing may come of it, that stay of execution may stay forever, it may not go through... People already have to make other plans. You can't just wait for whatever legislation or whatever politicians are going to do. So it's a pretty big deal. It was okay. interesting. We no, actually, no, it's not. It's a little deal. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't oh. want to agree yeah. with me. This yeah. is only a couple. It's a few team yeah. drivers. Oh. Well, it was cool, though, because the couple that we featured on FreightWaves.com, yeah. they were looking at three Tennessee cities. And so, of course. That always makes it seem bigger when you yeah. actually feature a human. It, but then when you're like 30,000 people were like laid off or 112,000 were hired, yeah. you're like, it's just a number. Yeah. It's all just a number to you, isn't Until it? Until it becomes a story. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like they, they're not, it's not real people. Well, there's the old saying, like, the death of one is a tragedy, right? Something like that. Who that? <laughs> I believe it was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Okay. Sure. The yeah. Oregon Trucking Association opposes a state cap and trade bill to limit emissions from polluting industries. But Keith Wilson, the president of Titan Freight System, says regulation is necessary to accelerate the transition to clean fuel vehicles. Duner, big deal or a little deal? <laughs> I don't know. Robert Robert Kasekim. No, Kaskamin. Robert Kaskamin just says, I am online now. Hey, right. Robert. Hi, Robert. Thanks Kask- for watching. Thanks for Thanks for shouting out. Um, <laughs> so is this a big deal or a little deal? What Keith Wilson said. Keith Wilson. Um, he was one of the Beach Boys. Uh, That's Brian Wilson. Oh, <laughs> this cap and trade thing, man. This gets people really heated, right? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, President, he says regulation is... Ne- Sorry, I was reading his comment. I wasn't oh, paying attention okay. when he did it. Uh, the Alex, I, I think clean fuels are a big deal. I would like to have that happen. <laughs> to you, Chad. Oh, great. Thanks. Just let me ste- step right into the... Yeah, P... Um, uh, a lot of okay. This is an interesting one. I would, huh, it, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I, that's interesting. I think that his particular resistance is a little deal. And mm. what could is the the what Oregon is trying to do is a big deal. Uh, but um, man, there is so much resistance, and he lays out what is maybe a big deal argument. I thought it was very rational. It was very. Uh, it wasn't like I'm t- it's like, hey, guys, look, if we can advance the industry a little bit here, 
we can like say, look, okay, right at first, this this the front end investment of a two hundred thousand dollar vehicle may be a little bit more, but over the eighteen months that you'll be using it, first of all, you will spend less over the life cycle of it. So let's use a little, let's advance our technology, let's do stuff that's good for the environment, and in the end, you will actually save money too. So let's have an open mind. That's his argument, but yeah. man, it's. It, I guess sometimes when emotions are riding high, it doesn't matter if uh, if you're speaking logic. Well, there's distrust, too. So over the weekend on FreightWaves Radio, we had a lot of callers come in when we were talking about trucker parking. Now, this isn't cap and trade, but someone had we were talking about regulations. Remember that headline we read last week, Chad, where was a bipartisan bill was going to give money to parking? Well, yes. a lot of truckers, they were not in agreement with that because they were like, no, the government's just going to waste the money. They're like, for $100,000 or a million dollars, you'll get a dirt road with five parking spots if you let well, the government you're, handle it. you're right. It. There is distrust, but I think there was one thing specific about that bill that it will only and only be used for increasing trucking parking. Until it ends up in the general fund, right? I mean, I'm not saying it will, but they, a lot of them That's seem to think so. That's people feel that yes. way. Yeah, and, yep. yeah, people get passionate about certain topics and... Any kind of regulation yeah. people will talk about. Yeah. Well, El Paso Border Control agents bust two commercial trucks carrying $2 million worth of marijuana. Oh. Big deal or a little deal? It's like a nothing burger. We've heard much bigger busts, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I mean, $2 million worth of marijuana, like, based on what? I mean, high grade, low grade, <laughs> dirt weed, uh, Mexican swag. You know, it, it all depends on the kind. Um, well, you know, you know how they said that they found it. They, it was an aluminum foil. Right? Dog sniffing, drug sniffing dogs and high technology. Oh, you know. Oh, right? wow. Oh, is that the pun? Yeah. Okay. The, the technology. <laughs> I remember why I included this. I included this as an excuse to talk about the dogs we met at Air Cargo 2020. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to talk about marijuana. Which, oh, by the way, we dogs. can't call them dogs. We have to call no, them canine professionals. They are professionals. <laughs> canine <laughs> professionals. They are not dogs. That's guys. right. No, they are. We like tried to have one come on the show. We were very excited. Like maybe we'll get one of these. Um, canine professionals to come on the air but they were like no he's working yeah i'm like well what, then what are you doing if you come on the show Whoa! yeah, oh. yeah that one's us no they I were like nice the people one tesla we met a, a four-year-old black lab named tesla yeah he was very cool he works at the mccormick place and at uh the o'hare airport yeah. so home of freight waves live everything yes. just interconnects it was really crazy yeah seven degrees yeah. yes so yes. It's true. What do you think, Chad? So what do you think? Big deal or little deal about this bust? Well, I think it's kind of a little deal, but you know, it was cool. It was cool the way, you know, through the uh the the smart the intel they were seeing, like there's different it's hard, there's different kinds of trucks coming through, there's flatbeds, there's like care they're they're carrying foil. How do we know? Listen well, to Freightonomics about they trailers. They look for little anomalies, <laughs> oh. right? And they look for and they have their high technology and their drug sniffing dogs, and you put it all together and then you can Bust some marijuana coming through. You want to know how you bust people driving on I-83 in Nebraska? How? Colorado plates. Oh, that's what they do? folks, yes. U-Hauls are Colorado plates. And they just bust the people going to Colorado? Yeah, with Colorado plates in Nebraska, because chances are they're transporting something they think. What? Um, What if they're just transporting their family? Well, you could usually tell when somebody's up to oh. no good. So, wow. yeah, they they've gotten a, I they don't have know. like one of those like drug rug sweaters on. Oh my god, yes. Oh, all the yeah. time. They, oh wow. So this is why this Got, bus. Like, a reggae yeah, beanie on or this something. This is why this. Yeah, <laughs> it's when they roll down the window. It smells. No, it's usually oh. like edibles that they have, like the gummies oh. and stuff. But yeah, this bus seems very small compared to what I'm used to covering. But anyways, all according right. to a memo obtained by Bloomberg News, Foxconn Technology Group told its employees at Shenzhen facility not to come back to work today. This was also the day that a lot of people set in place for the extended Lunar New Year break because of the coronavirus. So I was wondering if a lot of people were going to actually head back to work today or if employers were going to say, no, this virus is getting even worse. Stay home. So is this a big deal or a little deal? It seems pretty contagious that, and it seems fairly deadly, right? Yep. So uh, I think it's a it's a big deal because Foxconn is uh, a gigantic uh, they're they're the largest private employer in in China, and so it's a it's a high profile symbol. They're what they they work with. They're a supplier of parts for Apple. Yeah. Uh, this is a big deal of the uncertainty of this Black Swan event that is known as the Wuhan coronavirus. Yeah, well, it's a big deal. So it's one of those things like Dr. Radio called in on radio this weekend and there was that 10 cent report that came out that said it was like 26,000 plus people who had died and the infections were a lot higher. The doctor said he wasn't sure if it's true, but he thinks that China's probably fudging the numbers. It's something like 
Seven hundred or nine hundred? I can't. I don't mean any disrespect. Nine hundred. Yeah. And then there was Making a comment it lower or higher. Well, that nine hundred. They're they're saying it's lower. The the the, the debt toll is lower okay. than what it is because they wouldn't want to. They'd want to conceal it because it can hurt your GDP. It's it's bad. It causes oh. panic. People don't want to just closing factories like this iPhone factory. Oh. But one of the comments was like, "Well, per capita, that would be like if two hundred and twelve people in the United States died of a disease, like." It, everyone would forget in a day. And I'm like, no, they wouldn't. 12 people died from vaping. And like, that was a huge story yeah. for like weeks. So I think that if people are dropping dead of a disease here, yeah, maybe like 212 is 0.0x percent of the U.S. population. But it's pretty scary. There's a uh, there's a couple, right, that um, yes. we're probably yeah. going to get to that. We'll get to them when we get to them. Yeah, no, going right that, into okay. that. Yeah, a Chattanooga couple. So it's a big actually, deal. That's, yes, that's a, it, it's among a big deal. several hundred passengers on board a Princess cruise ship off the coast of Japan that is quarantined right now. They have to stay in their cabins because of fear of the coronavirus. Is this a big deal or a little deal? That's frightening. It's a sucky deal. Well, Andrew Cox, he came back from a cruise and he was like, "Yeah, we were in the Bahamas and they took everyone of Asian descent off into like." their own quarantine to do their temperature and stuff. And then I was stuck in the booth here with him with the door closed. And I'm like, wait, well, hold on a second. Did, they didn't racial test you? profiling. That well, really but all, yeah, well, I was like, if, if they have the Corona, like wouldn't everyone else on the ship be susceptible? It. And like, I don't see how that works, but I mean, whatever it may be, that would be really scary to be stuck on yeah. a, tra- I was reading the article and they were talking about like what kids do to stay in it. Cause you're stuck with your parents in your own quarters. I don't know. That's why I hate cruise ships. I really, days. I hate the idea of a cruise if ship. I, I, I would never want to go on one. No. If I had spent $5,000, $10,000 to go on this cruise and I'd been saving up for years and it was supposed to be my dream vacation and now it was becoming hell on earth and I was in jail and being quarantined with people who might be more likely to get me sick. Yeah. I would think that that was a big deal. I can imagine you freaking out. Yeah, I can imagine. Every hour, he'd be like, Can we go now? I would be. You're right, as you know me well. I'm going to take a dinghy. You know me pretty well. Could I jump off this boat? That's right. That's what I'd be trying to do. I'd be like, I'm swimming. I'm going. I'm going to radio a helicopter. I don't care what you say. Ubercopter. Oh, gosh. Well, DSV slash, is it called? Panalpina Panalpina is pushing for exclusive deals with shippers that bar them from using other freight forwarders. Your turn, Duner? No, it's his. Your your turn. Big deal or little deal on this one? I mean... I mean, it's a big deal for that industry, but like, you know, we talk about like, we're saying, oh, the uh, the contract rates aren't really worth the paper they're written on. Well, how about a real contracted rate? This is a real deal where it's like, this is a contract rate. It might be a little bit of monopolizing some of the space, probably won't work very well. Little deal. Mm, it's It's... <laughs> I don't. The problem is, I don't think it'll stick. As he mentioned with the contracts, people. I mean, the way most shippers base their supply chains, especially bigger ones who would even be tempted to, to do some sort of exclusive deal, are be, they use a number of different freight forwarders. They don't put all their eggs in one basket. You know, they usually don't split it up that way. So yeah, just wait till what service gets bad or rates yeah. go the bad a bad direction. I think it's bad for the industry if it sticks. I do because especially on some of those lanes they were talking how it was a specialized good they were the turbines they were trying to build it out on. That means no one else will be able to build network density there. That means they'll be able to control that market and have that monopoly, which is a very powerful thing in shipping. So, um I think for the just in fairness and fair play, I think that uh, I hope it doesn't stick. And yeah. so you're saying big deal. Only a big deal if it sticks, but I don't think it will. So a little oh, deal. Okay. So in between deal yeah. at the moment. Yes. Joaquin Phoenix wins Best Actor, but chastises the audience for <laughs> drinking milk. Yeah. Oh, man. Parasite mm. wins Best Picture, and American Factory wins Best Doc, and Eminem both surprises and confuses <laughs> attendees by performing his 2002 hit, Lose Yourself. Uh, yeah, so, all right. Wow. I deal wa- or little deal? <laughs> There's a lot going I, on. I watched yeah. the Oscars last night. It was... It was um, yeah, there was a lot going on. There were commercials. There was a lot going on that I'm not going to get into. There was just... There were things that were just strange yeah. during the Oscars. But the thing I thought was weirder than Eminem showing up was that they were talking about, like, movies that you can't separate the song from. And one of them was, like, The Bodyguard. And I was like, who thinks about The Bodyguard? Oh, that but that's Whitney the Whitney Houston. Yeah. Like, see? Thinking so? Okay, what maybe. Song? And yeah. I will always and, love you. Yeah. And, you know, I guess maybe. Uh, maybe so. Top Gun, Highway to the Danger Zone. Well, sure. But, like... I just thought the bodyguard was a little silly. It made like thirteen million dollars in theaters. I know the record sold a lot, but I don't think a lot of people actually saw the bodyguard. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I they thought the thing of the music. Video. I thought one thing you didn't mention is um, the the 
the creator of uh, Parasite, who yeah. won uh, Bong Joon Ho. You didn't give me a chance. I was still uh, on the music. <laughs> oh, but he uh, he gave credit to Martin Scorsese, and yeah. Martin Scorsese was like, "Wow, you remembered this quote that I said." So he I he mean, gave him credit for that. Scorsese is like pretty over, and you know, people know who he is. <laughs> and no, he was really floored by the yeah. quote, which is like friends about friends oh. and. Uh, no places, and uh, I could. Do you want me to give you the quote? No. Okay. Oh, was it a good one? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I right. hear it, Chad. All right, let's see. It is um, the most personal is the most creative. Okay, that's the quote. All right, and he said that, and it floored Scorsese. I thought that was cool, and then he gave a shout out to Quentin Tarantino, yeah. who had been a longtime supporter of his stuff. So I'm like, you know, I like this Bong guy. This, this Bong Ho guy. And I wanted to see Pe- Parasite. They kept it in the theaters here yeah. in Chattanooga. Yeah, it's on, on demand. And I, can, I, I, I really, And I just kept not finding the time. And now it's three ninety nine to rent okay. on iTunes. That won't be the same. So but um, the thing with Joaquin Phoenix is he he's done mind. a lot of, like, he's done a lot of, um, like immersive character acting things. Remember, like for like a year where he was oh, pretending yeah. he was that oh that sort right. of character. So then when he does this thing, I think that it confuses so many people because if you are of like sort of that extreme slant, like you're a militant vegan or something, you might be like, is he making fun of me? Like I don't know if he's agreeing with me. And if you're not, you're like, dude. If you're just sort of moderate, you're like, dude, just chill out. Yeah. And from the other end of the spectrum, you're also like. And everyone in the audience was like, where is he going with this? Is he being the Joker right now? Is this, I know. Is like, this part of the character? Is he being Joaquin Phoenix or is he being Joaquin Phoenix or both. being Joaquin Phoenix? He wants or everyone to both? talk about him and yeah. that's what we're doing. I guess so. so. What did yeah. you What did you think? I, I didn't see that, but I saw Eminem and I was like, what is going on? I was really confused. Yeah. And then when they, my favorite was when they would flash the people in the audience. And they were and like Some going? people were like yeah. going and some people were like. Well, really Elsa. Confused. Elsa looked like I don't know if she was make like if that's just her resting face, but she was like, I, yeah, she, like, she, she had looked, like a snarly yeah, face really. going on. I don't know if she was upset or she was like, yeah, the you know, I, don't know, I couldn't tell. I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix fan anyway, uh-huh. even if he did do weird uh, things that were a little off tone or whatever. Yeah, I, I and I just really liked the Joker in its darkness. Yeah, I thought that he did a great job. He's versatile, does a lot of strange. So, really, really cool. Good for him. What about American Factory? And so I'm going to say, big deal. I think American right, Factory. The, I'm American. with American Factory. I think that that was a good pick for the oh. best doc. It was, it was exciting. It's a good documentary. I, I have to right, see it. Get it on Netflix. And I think it was only it was Netflix had spent a lot of money to get some of their things positioned, but I think that's the only thing that okay. Won, I'll have to done. check that out. You know what? By the way, I did see the only part that I caught of it was Brad Pitt accepting his award. Yes. First first uh, award ever. What? Right. That was first his first account. ever. For, yes, and he was huh. nervous, and you could hear it in. What his about voice. for Interview with a Vampire? I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, he's he's but not a uh, I don't know seven. He didn't get for that. <laughs> no, he didn't oh. get it for that. Right. Or for the man, you know what, what? About he California. Got, he got supporting actor for uh, a river runs through it. Oh. He was really young. What about seven years yeah. in Tibet, dude? I, I, I don't <laughs> know. What about Fight Club? That was that's the one he should have won for. Tyler Durden. No, no, he was totally. Shafted for that one. My wife got bored pretty quick during it in the first year. She was like, all the same movies are just getting nominated yeah. each time. Yeah. yeah. Toy Story 4, big one. I don't know. That one. <laughs> I haven't made it all right. for you. What else is coming up this week on uh, Freightways TV? Well, second episode mm-hmm. on Wednesday of Put yeah. That Coffee Down. It yes. got a lot of great reaction, yeah. so I'm really excited for Freight this. Freight sales yeah. podcast for closers. And the cool thing is you could call in, and we mm. were getting people to call in that left and right. Cool. We didn't yeah. even put the, we didn't really advertise the number till that time, so we'll put the, the number same up one? a little. Yep, same number every single time. 423-710-9777. Put it in your cell phone and speak no, that. It's not his Timothy number. Timothy Duner's personal right number. Yeah, yeah, Reach out to him, blow up his phone, let him know how <laughs> we're doing. running that Zoom account Love you, Chad. Yeah, that's not that's our that's oh, great. What's tomorrow? Great quarter guys. Yeah, right? great quarter guys. Always have yeah, they always have a great time. Andrew Cox and Kevin Hill, and we have a lot of stuff always going on, and it's great. You can now watch on Freightwaves.com if you've Ooh. noticed. If you scrolled to our live stream is on Freightwaves.com. So there anytime you, you go. go to a story, anytime you just go on the homepage, you see it there. If you don't want to get on your app or get on YouTube or anything, get some comments. Oh, Tahir. Tahir Kashid says just hello. Hi. Hi. Tahir. Thank you. Hey, Thank you for watching. Yeah. How you doing? It was funny, though, because I was man. watching analytics uh, for our viewership, and our viewership has the most views in Anchorage, Alaska. Right wow. Now. So I don't know. Shout if- out. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Put those ice road truckers are watching or Shout something. Shout out Anchorage. Yeah, yeah I love so, you guys. 
Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Let us know if you're in Anchorage and listening. Yeah. All right. Well, download the Freightwaves TV app. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freightwaves podcast all in one feed, or you can subscribe to them individually if you want. But hey, it's great for discovery. Yes. I, I'm even experimenting putting the morning minute on there. Oh, okay. Like, we I, love it, won't, it. it won't just be one ever. Like, I, I hide it from the RSS. So, like, today's will be Monday, and then tomorrow will vanish, and then, like, Tuesdays will be there. Yeah. But, you know, one minute, all in one feed. Just make, hey, it, make well. it easier, right? Each and every day, you're bringing it at 5 a.m., aren't you? Yeah, I get up early for that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway, the kids, my kids get up <laughs> early. Kids don't sleep because you put it, what? I don't know why. You put them to bed at like 8 o'clock. No wonder they wake up at 5 in the morning. Right? Well, then put them to bed later. <laughs> I'm not fighting that I don't battle. Think, I don't think I'm that not works. dying on that hill. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow me at Timothy Duda with D-O-O-N-E-R, Emily Zink with the S-Z and the I-N-K, Chad Prevost. Right on. In. What, what? Truck. truck? Truck. It is like 110 degrees yeah, in this room. We, we need breathe. to put a thermometer in here. Oh. But the only place it's hotter than in here is it's hotter wherever you're sitting behind your computer because you just watched the show. Yeah. And that's what happens and when you watch the show. And we're on fire. And it's steamy. See you on Friday at 1 o'clock. Who will stop the rain?